Psalm chapter number 70. Try to give you what the Lord's laid on our heart this evening. I appreciate the opportunity to preach this evening. Psalm chapter number 70. Y'all pray for me. No matter how many times I stand behind this pulpit, I always get nervous and I get dry mouth and cotton mouth. I don't know if y'all are like that, but I am, all right? Psalm chapter number 70 this evening. I want to read a couple of verses of scripture. Normally I read the entire passage of scripture, but for sake of time, I want to just read a couple of verses. Look with me in verse number one. He said, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. And then he said again in verse number five, but I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Make no tarrying. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our dimly followers would come to your presence to pray. I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to stand and preach your word this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd put a watch there about my mouth. Help me not to do or say anything to grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. But Lord, you'd help me to do and say everything that you want said and done. For your honor and your glory. Lord, touch someone's heart this evening. Lord, give someone that help that they need. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look here at this passage of Scripture, no doubt you probably heard numerous messages preached on this, and I'm not going to tell you anything new this evening, but I want to give you the burden of my heart this evening. As we look at this passage of Scripture, he says four different times in verse number one, he says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. In verse number one, again, he says, make haste to help me, O Lord. Then he says in verse number five, but I am poor and needy, make haste unto me, O God, thou art my help and my deliverer. And then he says in the last part, Make no tearing. Now, if I can borrow your imagination for just a moment, here's what I see David saying. He's saying three words. He's saying, could you hurry? Here in this Christian life and in our physical life as well, the reason we have drive throughs and things of that nature is because we want it and we want it now. We don't want to wait till the next week. We don't want to wait till five minutes from now. If the food takes longer than five minutes, we get upset. But we live in a fast-paced society. But as we look at David here, I can see him as he's crying out. This is a psalm of, a, it's almost an emergency prayer, if you will. As David says, look, Lord, I'm in the middle of his. I'm in the middle. I don't know how much further I can go. I need you to hurry. I don't need you to wait. I need you to come right now. As we look in this passage of scripture, I see three things. Number one, I see the call as he says in verse number one. He says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me. There's a call, number one, to hurry to me. He said, don't wait. I need you right now. Hey, whenever I pick up the phone in the wee hours of the morning, I call somebody because I need them next week. It's because I need them now. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, when you dial 911 on the phone, you don't want them to wait an hour to respond. You need them and you need them now. He said, hey, could you hurry to me? He said, make haste. Make no tearing. He said, there's a call. He said, hurry to me. Number two, he said, not whenever you get to me. He said, don't just hurry to me, but when you get here, help me. When you look at this passage of Scripture, you think about calling 911. David, he's crying out in a state of emergency here. 
He's going through a hard time in his life and he's calling out. It's almost as if he's picked up the cell phone to glory, punched in the numbers 911. He said, hey, I need you to get here and get here now. Use the lights and sirens. Do what you gotta do. But when you get here, don't just look at me. Don't just stand there and look at what I'm doing. I need you to help me when I get when you get here. I don't know about you. There's been times when I've done this very thing. In the wee hours of the morning when nobody else is up. You get to thinking, I'm my own worst enemy at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know if you are, but I am. And I get to thinking about things, Brother Gravely. And there ain't, there's been times I've laid in the bed and just said, Lord, I need your help. I need you to do something right now in my life. And I've, all, I've done what David did. He said, hey, I need you to hurry to me. But now when you get here, for goodness sake, don't just stand here and gaze at me. Don't just let me tie in my own blood. Put some calls on me. Patch me up. Help me when you get here. We see the call, but then we see the reason for the call. It's we see the crowd. Verse number two down through verse number four. We see his foe in verse number two and verse number three, and I'll not take the time to read these. But he said in verse number two, he said, they want my soul. He said in verse number two, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. And here's the thing about it this afternoon. If you've lived any point of life, you've been in this Christian way any time at all, and you've tried to do anything for God, you've had somebody seek after your soul. If nothing else, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, the devil's not your friend. He's your enemy, and he's constantly looking for somewhere to get you. He said the foe, they want my soul, but not only that, they're wallowing in my suffering. As you look in verse number three there, he said in verse number three, let them be turned back for a reward of their shame. They say, aha, aha. Now, Brother Danny, I've, I've got a wild imagination. You'll have to forgive me. But I can see these guys as they're standing there and they're saying, yeah, we told you so. We told you what happened if you did this. We told you what would happen. But as I look at this passage of Scripture, they're taking pleasure in the fact that David's suffering. This is his foe. But if you look at verse number 4, there's a change that takes place between verse number 3 and verse number 4. You say, preacher, what is it? David gets his eyes off the enemy. David gets his eyes off the one that wants his soul that's wallowing in his suffering. And he and he looks at his friends that's still serving God that's still doing something for God that's still living right in the last days look in verse number 4 with me he said in verse number 4 let all all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee let such as love thy salvation say continually let God be magnified you say preacher what his friends say what was his friends well, his friends was number one they were seeking. Verse number four, he said, let all those that seek thee rejoice. Brother Gravely, these wasn't people that just come to church on Sunday mornings. These was people that was in it for the long haul. These was people that did it Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And they didn't just come to church. 
but they lived it out there. And they didn't just live it when people was looking. They lived it when nobody else was around. They lived for God in spite of this world. We see they were seeking. Number two, we see they were saved. But number three, I like this one. Verse number four, the last part. He said they say continually, let God be magnified. You see what I say in this passage? I think these people were shouting. David got around the ones that was moaning and groaning over here. But he changed his mindset and he got over here around the ones that always had something good to say. The ones that wasn't negative all the time. The ones that was positive. The ones that realized that God was still on the throne. Verse number five. I'm done. Verse number five. I see David's confession. It started out as an emergency. And he was saying, could you hurry? And I noticed in verse number five, it started out with him calling because of the crowd. But then because of the crowd in verse number four and his mindset changed, I see there's a confession in verse number five. You say, preacher, what's that confession? Look at that first part of the verse. He says, but I am poor and needy. Number one, David's confession was this, I'm nothing. He said, God, I can't do nothing without you. He realized that he was running to the one that he needed to be going to. He said, hey, I know I'm nothing. He said, I'm poor and needy. I'm just flesh and bone. I can't do anything. But God, you can. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, there's going to be times in your life when you're going to have to realize you're nothing and he's everything. You're going to have to get on your face and cry out to God. Brother Gravely, in the times of my life, whenever I've been at the lowest of low, and I've realized after I thought I could do it. Now, y'all probably more spiritual than I am now. I ain't never done that. But I thought I could do it. And God let me do it for about a month. And after, actually, it didn't even take that long. Truth be told, I think he just let me live in it for a little while. You know that old saying, you make your bed, you got to live in it. He let me do it by myself for about a month after me begging God, God, I know I'm nothing now. God, you let me do it by myself. I know I can't do it. I tried to preach in and of myself. Brother Lamar, I don't know if you've ever done that or not, but when you stand behind that sacred desk and you're all alone and God ain't within a million miles of it, you realize exactly who you are and you are nothing. But he stops. He says, Lord, I'm nothing. But in the last part of that verse, he says, Oh God, thou art my help and my deliverer. You know what he said? Brother Danny, he said, I'm nothing. He said, Lord, you're everything. It was a glad day in my life and I realized I didn't have to worry about what everybody else was doing. It was a glad... (laughs) 
it was a glad day in my life and I realized I didn't have to measure my spirituality against anybody else. It was a, oh, hey, can I tell you this afternoon, it was a glad day in my life when I realized that my spiritual thermometer wasn't based on anybody else, but rather it was based on Him. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, we're nothing this evening, this preacher included, every one of us in here this evening, I don't care who you are, you're nothing in the eyes of God. But can I tell you, He is everything. He is everything. And can I tell you, if you'll call and you'll change your reason for calling and you'll begin to worship Him, that's what I believe David ends this chapter with. He doesn't say, you know what? I've got this by the horns. But he says, Lord, I need you. And he says, Lord, I need you because I'm nothing and because you're everything. Can I tell you this afternoon, I don't know about you. I'm done. I've already went over. I'm sorry, preacher. I don't know about you. There's been times in my life, as a matter of fact, I'm in one right now. Whenever you look at the music on a music scale, you'll see, and I don't know much about music. All I know is what I've been told. But you'll see music on a scale and every once in a while you'll see a rest point. And in that rest point, Brother Laddie, there's nothing going on. There's no sound coming from the piano. There's no sound coming from the instruments. It's just pure silence. And for the past, about the past year of my life, I've been trying my best to get out of that. It felt like there, I'll be honest, there's been times in the past 11 months it felt like the heavens was brass. Felt like God wasn't answering my prayers. Felt like God wasn't within a million miles of me. And then he showed me this one night. He said, hey, he said, just like there's a rest in the music. You know what that rest is for? That rest is so that, that way those players can get ready to play the next note. You know what he's doing? You know what he told me? He said, Matthew, I'm just getting you ready for the next note in your life. He said, if you'll just hold on a little longer. He said, if you'll just let me do it. If you'll just do it in my timetable and not yours. It'll be the sweetest medley ever sung. But you know what? We get ahead of God sometimes. And you know why? Because we want God to hurry. And we want Him to do it on our timetable. I don't know where you're at this evening, but can I tell you, if you're in that rest, just hold on a little longer. Just realize that you're nothing this evening. And He is everything. So we stand all over the house this evening. Miss Allen's playing. Brother Brian's going to sing a verse of invitation in a moment. I want to ask you a question. Do you need God to do something in your life? Can I tell you this evening, there's been a multitude of messages preached this evening. Two great messages before I got up here. And if any of those have touched your heart, but I want to ask you a question this evening. Where are you at? Are you in that rest time? Are you wanting God to do something so bad you can't hardly stand it, but you just don't have liberty to move? Or are you where David was when he first started out? He got his eyes on everybody over there. Everybody that was negative, and he listened to everybody that had anything to say. Can I tell you this evening, maybe time to shift your view. Actually, let me back up. It is time to shift your view.
from everything that the world's got going on and everything that everybody, every, all the negative people have got to say and just put your eyes on him. You know, whenever you look at that cross right there, the closer you look at that cross and the closer you get to that cross, if your eyes is only on that cross, you know what you can only see? You can only see the cross. If I was to start back there and come forward, the further I got, the closer I got to the cross, the more I wouldn't be able to see the people to the side of me or behind me. Why? Because my gaze is on the cross this evening. Can I tell you, put your gaze on the cross this evening. Let Him do something in your heart, in your life this evening. As we sing, you do business with God.